And asking the Holy Spirit, what he wanted me to talk about? How does Jesus want to become visible to you through my words? You know, I was thinking about, think about how much time we spend worrying. Huh? Think about that. We spend so much time and energy in our lives worrying. And I was thinking of just a little list of things, you know, health. All of us can worry about our health. Contagious diseases, the flu, whatever it be. Um, relationships. You know, we worry about broken relationships, um, family members that might not be um, close to the Lord, um, worrying about bringing them closer to God, children, um, where are our children at um, in their journey with God. Um, we can worry about, you know, if you're, you know, the young people might worry about, uh, you know, where's Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright, the person that you're thinking about maybe marrying, or what's my call and my vocation? Uh, more worries to just kind of fill our minds and hearts. Or first impressions. You know, we always want to make a good first impression, right? Um, you know, kids' grades in school, college, whatever it be, uh, job interviews, approaching deadlines, shrinking budgets, bills, expenses, rising gas prices, rising uh, prices of uh, food, um, Insurance costs, endless taxes, stuff like that. And is your home ready for your guests? You know, like we always get all tied up in knots because we want to make sure everything's all right in our home. Then somebody gets to our house, they mess it all up, and nobody really cares anyhow, right? So we have all these things that we can worry about. Identity theft, there's another one, you know. People are worried. We're, we're filled with a lot of anxiety and fear and worry. So just think of your own hearts and your own lives right now. Where, is, where are you preoccupied? Where is your mind right now? What are, what, what's bothering you? What's weighing heavy on your heart? Because that's where Jesus wants to speak his life, right into that place. You know, when God speaks, something happens. He just doesn't speak and hope something happens. He's God. When he speaks a word of truth and love and life into us, if we receive it, it'll change us. His word is alive and active. And so, what's funny about it all is, in spite of all these things we worry about and think about, we're here. And nothing changes tomorrow if you worry, right? It's still here, you're here, you're alive, you're present here with the Lord. You could worry about everything, and guess what? Tomorrow, the same thing would be. So we got to just lay it before the Lord and trust the Lord to be the Lord of our lives and not let... Our focus be on our problems, but let our focus be on the Lord. Think about it. You know when Peter walked on the water? You know that scripture, right? Peter's walking on the water. As long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he stayed afloat. 
And when he took his eyes off Christ, he sank. And what did Jesus say to Peter? He grabbed him. He didn't let him sink and drown, but he grabbed him. He said, Peter, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? So God has invited us onto the water. Living the Christian life, living as a believer and follower of Christ, it's like walking on water. You do not do this with just human power alone. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the power of God to keep you afloat throughout each and every day of every life. Because there's all kind of stuff that's coming at us every day, all the time. And so, God's saying to us all, don't focus on the storms of life. Focus on the one who can calm the storm. You know, Peter looked at Jesus. Peter felt the wind and the waves hitting him as he walked on the water. And he took his eyes because he was like, oh no. You know, he felt the wind and the waves and he, he started getting afraid. As soon as he left, he put more faith in the storm than he did in the Lord. And so worry is often rooted in where's our focus in our daily life? Where's my focus at? Is it on him or am I believing in the storms of my life? You know, you name, you know, whatever, whatever it is that preoccupies you or, or creates an experience where faith is needed. Isn't that what worry is? Problems create moments where faith is needed. If everything were right and everything were good, you know, in heaven, what does it say? Faith, hope, and love. Of these three, one remains, love. You don't need faith in heaven anymore. You don't need faith in heaven. Why? Because in heaven... What you were believing is present and visible. God is truly there. You see Him. So you don't have to be like, well, where's He at? You're, you're in union with Him. You're in communion with Him. Right now, we walk by faith, not by sight. So we ask the Lord for that grace to exercise your faith. When you have a problem or a storm in your life, that's a moment to exercise the supernatural gift of faith that you received at your baptism. So Proverbs... I want to read you a scripture here, Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in our heart weighs us down. And you sink. Remember, think of it like this. Peter's on the water. As long as he's keeping his eyes on Jesus, he's not being weighed down. He's being lifted up. And so, as soon as he took his eyes off Christ and he focused on his problem or that storm, he was weighed down and he began to sink. And we all do that every day. And so repentance is important here. Repentance brings revival. Lord, I'm sorry for keeping my eyes on the storm. I'm sorry, to, sorry for focusing on the problems. I'm sorry for focusing, Lord, on things that, that are uh, causing me anxiety or fears. Like, Lord, I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to bring everything to you. And so we're addicted to worrying. You know, we talk about addictions. Everyone in here could raise their hand and say, I'm a worry... Um, you need to be, um, hi, my name's Michael Voidhofer. I'm a worry word, right? Hi, we have to, we have to uh, put ourselves in God's treatment center. Just like AA or any uh, addictive uh, uh, um, uh, place where they help people with addictions, any of these facilities, the church is God's treatment center. This is God's treatment center. God has brought you into his treatment center because he wants to treat the disease and addiction of worrying and fears that weigh us down and, and get us. So we, you know, if you think of it, the world around us, we, we're always around worry. So we start to think 
that, well, because they're worrying, I should be worrying. We start to allow the world to pull us into worry rather than we should be pulling the world out of worries. A believer in Jesus doesn't follow the world. A believer in Jesus follows the Lord, and the Lord will pull the world into that peace that He alone can give us. So, you and I might feel obligated to worry. We feel odd when we're not worrying. We feel like we should be worrying because, again, everyone else is. But what's God say about this? Oh, we have a number of scriptures here I want to just give to you to chew on. Matthew 6.34 Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Oh, you have right now. You might as well not think about yesterday. You might as well not think about tomorrow. Because you don't have tomorrow or yesterday. You have today. You have right now. This moment in His presence. But see, only faith will allow you to be totally absorbed in the present moment. With faith, you can live in the moment. Without faith, you're going to be in the past or the future. Because to really lay life before the Lord and to really be free, isn't that what the gospel is about? Freedom. The Holy Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So the Spirit of the Lord is falling down here. If you're looking at Jesus and you say, Jesus, I believe in you. I'm laying it all down before you. The Holy Spirit starts to touch our hearts and starts to free us up. And we start to be absorbed in the present moment. We start to live like children. Do you not know that unless you turn and become like children, you cannot enter the kingdom of God? Children don't wear watches. <clears throat> They're not thinking of, well, when do I got to pay my electric bill? Or what do I got to do tomorrow? What I... Children are like, I could throw a cardboard box down there and a the little kid will play for five hours in the cardboard box. Why is that? Because they believe mom and dad are going to take care of everything. You and I are called to be always in the spirit. We're always children in spirit. Always. We can't relate to God unless we're childlike. And so we relate to Him as children. We, we let Daddy, Abba, Papa, Father God take care of everything. And that's not easy, right? It's a challenge. And Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you'll drink or what you're, nor about your body, what you put on it. He, he Listen to this. He says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns and your father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour or moment to your span of life? Worrying actually takes life away from us. Life is meant to be lived in the here and now. So right now God's inviting you to live into the, in this life. So, worrying and, and anxiety and this burden and this heaviness that creates us or, or causes us to sink in our life as we walk on that water as believers, it's all based on our concept and understanding. Who is God? What kind of father is he? Is, is, is God for you a distant and remote God? You know, is, is he looking down saying, do, do not bother with me right now. I'm busy with more important things. I'm, I'm dividing subatomic particles. Go and play. God isn't that kind of a God. 
He's not distant. He's not remote. He's not an impersonal, cold, disinterested God. He's not removed from us. He's not unapproachable. And he doesn't think that small things are unimportant. He's very much wrapped and interested in your day. And he doesn't want us to think we're alone. I'm with you always, he says. I'm with you always. You know, it's like we sometimes I think when we pray, we're like, hey, anyone out there? <laughs> God, you're out there, you're hearing what I'm saying. <clears throat> He's very present. See, God has one goal in mind. That's to make you saints. And sometimes, like Peter, he has to teach us some lessons as we go through the storms of life. He teaches us how to walk on water. Peter got out of the boat. That's the first step. And he had to sink to kind of learn a little bit of a lesson that he was believing more in himself and his own power than in the power of God. And so we got to be the same as, Lord Jesus, teach us about the Father. Isn't that why he came? To reveal the Father's goodness and love. What kind of father do we have? I'd encourage you when you pray to call him Daddy. You know, Abba, Abba, Abba. Like little Jewish children run around in, if you've ever been to New York. <laughs> the little Jewish children run around in New York. Abba, 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 Abba. You know, that's how they say Father. That's what it means. It's, a, it's an endearing word for Papa, Daddy. Jesus prayed, our Father. He scandalized people when he prayed that way. They're like, you can't call God. He's almighty. He's great. He's grandiose. He's, he's majestic. He's, he's larger than the sun and the moon and the stars. And you're calling him Papa. And the apostles heard Jesus praying, Papa, who art in heaven, Abba, Daddy. And they're like, Lord, teach us to pray. We want to pray. Look how you're so close to him. We want to be close to him like you. So Jesus came to teach us, who is this Abba, this Papa, this Father? So we enter into this relationship with the Father through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. We know Abba, Papa, Father through the Son by the power of the Spirit. And so when you say, Jesus, teach me, the Holy Spirit comes upon you and starts to teach you about the, the, the Father's love for you personally. It becomes, it moves from the head to the heart. It starts to get in your veins. It's kind of like you start to become intoxicated with the presence of God. You, you start to walk in the glory of God. And people start to look at you and they see that you're free. And they start to want what you have. And then you start to have this sparkle in your eye and this smile on your face in the midst of all the problems and trials. And when you're on that cross, you draw all people to the Father. You draw people to the Lord. Because they're like, what are you doing that I'm not doing? What do you have that I don't have? And so we all then can say to them, as the book says, I believe in love. St. Therese of Lisieux believed in love. Not like you love pizza. Oh, I love pizza. Oh, I love football. That's not the kind of love we're talking about. We're talking about a love that's beyond our wildest dreams. A love that is so far beyond our understanding, but we can just get little glimpses of it. Like when you look at that crucifix, Jesus is saying to you, the Father is saying to you, I love you this much. If I did this for you, don't you think I can handle your problems in your life? And so we might ask, well, 
Lord, I have a cancer or I have a diabetes or I have an illness. Why don't you take that away? Why don't you heal me? Oh, in our Catholic tradition, in our faith, we understand that when you're baptized, you're a member of the mystical body of Christ. You're the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. Do you not know your temples of the Holy Spirit? God is in you. You don't got to look out here to find Him. He's within you. The purpose of the Eucharist is to remind us that He's in us. He wants to not just stay. He wants to go out at the end of Mass. Go and announce the Gospel. Go and glorify the Lord with your life. And so the Lord in you wants to become visible. He wants to become present. He wants to shine in glory. You know how today's Gospel reading, the Transfiguration, they were up on the mountain. Jesus, it's like Jesus unzipped His humanity and was like, whoosh. And this huge sun, this beaming blast of brilliant light came shooting out of Him. And the apostles were like, this is cool. The apostles were like, this is awesome. Let's stay here. Forget the rest of the world. We're building some tents. Lord, let's hang out here the rest of eternity. So this is the same experience that God wants us to have is if you could see the presence of God in you, you would die. You and I cannot handle it. So God, through baptism, he, he makes his dwelling in us. But if he showed you what was really inside of you, his presence, you, you couldn't handle it. So he has to humble us by veiling his beauty and glory within us. He veils it because he wants us to, through faith, learn to love him. And there's nothing more beautiful than saying, Lord, I believe in your love. I believe in you. I know you're within me. I don't feel you all the time, and I don't always understand why you don't heal me here or there, but I do know that you're with me and you live in me and that you're going to give me every grace I need to take every step I need from this moment starting now, today, into the next moment, to the next moment. But I'm not going to wander off, Lord, into the distant future or into the past. I'm going to live absorbed in the moment as you live in me, and I carry you around as a tabernacle to all my brothers and sisters. And again, the glory of God starts to be manifested through our thoughts, our words, and our actions. You start to experience Jesus through your body saying to the world, this is my body given up for you. This is my blood poured out for you. You start to experience the Eucharist, not just as something you attend, but as something you live. Do this in memory of me. Do what? This is my body given up for you. This is my blood poured out for you. You are Jesus in the world today. And so when we worry... We're putting our faith in the storm and the problem, not in the Savior who lives within us, in the Deliverer, in the one who can free us. Jesus says in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you peace. Let, your hearts, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And then in Luke 12, 25, he says, that's the one we already read. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Listen to this. Philippians 4, 6-7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. With your thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God wants to guard our hearts. It takes a discipline to just stay focused on the presence of God in our daily lives. Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, come to me. He's saying to you right now, come to me, all you who are labor and heavy burden. I'll give you rest. He wants us to rest so that he can work. See, when we're working, we get in the way. But when we rest in him, he does the work in us and through us. So he says, take up my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly of heart that you will find rest for your souls. And in Psalm 55, 22, cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I like this one, Psalm 46, 10. Be still and know I'm God. Be still and know I'm God. Notice it's always focused on, he's going to do it. Not, I'm going to do it. And that, that takes faith to just say, Lord, I trust you. I'm going to lay it on your altar and I'm going to believe in your power to move. Okay? I like this one, Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. If he made the universe, he can handle our problems. I mean, that's the truth. If he made the sun and the moon and the stars and he keeps everything in being, he can surely handle whatever it is that we're going through. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your path. That's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. You and I don't understand things. Kids don't think that way, right? Let's be children in our spirit. Lord, you understand. We don't have to understand. I don't got to think about my problems, Lord, because you're thinking about them. I'm free. I don't got to think about my problems because the Lord's thinking about them. He's perfectly capable. So, just to close, uh, worry and anxiety stop when faith begins. Worrying and anxiety stop when faith begins. We all believe in something. Even the atheists believe in something. They believe in themselves. We put our faith somewhere, but we put our faith in the Lord. And so, worrying is trusting that your plan, that your plans, God, will get us out of our struggles or problems or trials, whatever it is, He'll get us through them. Um, and I just want to read this last scripture to close. This is from Genesis chapter 50, verses 19 and 20. This is about Joseph, who was sold off into slavery. Remember Joseph? and his, he, They sold him off, and, and uh, he, he was taken, and he was eventually in Egypt, and he became one of the greatest leaders in Egypt. He said to his brothers, this is what he said to his brothers when they came to get grain. Because remember, Joseph could interpret dreams. 
And Pharaoh asked Joseph, could you interpret this dream? And Joseph said, sure. And he interpreted that there's a famine coming and we need to build storage bins to store grain because when the famine comes, if we don't have these grain storage bins, people are going to die in Egypt. And so it says here, Joseph said to his brothers, do not be afraid because his brothers were afraid because they're the ones that sold him off into Egypt. And he was like, oh crap, this guy's a big dude now and we're done because we're coming. Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. He goes, am I in the place of God? Question mark. You intended to harm me. He's telling his brothers this. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Think about that. That's a man of faith. He's saying, you sold me off into slavery, but I'm just going to... At first it was obviously hard. He was probably yelling and screaming and angry and hurt and he was betrayed in a major way. But he saw how the Lord was working in that moment of pain and suffering in his life to bring about a good. He says here, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. God sees beyond what you and I see. He sees souls going to heaven when you and I are embracing the cross. If I look at the crucifix with just human eyes and natural reason, it's the most evil thing ever. But if I look at that crucifix with eyes of faith, it's the most beautiful act of love ever. Your eyes look at different situations with faith or without faith. Let's not use our eyes to just look with human eyes and natural reason. Let's let Jesus, that Jesus present in us, use his eyes to look through our eyes and let Jesus download into our hearts what he sees. What he sees is the Father's plan being worked out. He sees you and I being made saints. He sees his glory being manifest and revealed through you and I. And one day when you die and I die and that veil is unzipped, you're going to see Jesus was living through you. He was walking through you. He was talking through you. He was encouraging people through you. He was reaching out through you. Wow, what an amazing gift. So let's be like Joseph. When something bad happens or we're tempted to worry... God has a better, greater plan. And he says here, it was for the good to accomplish what is now being done, saving of many lives. God wants to use you to save lives, not just from things on earth, but to save them from losing their eternal reward. I mean, this is serious stuff that we're talking about here. This isn't like, you know... A casual thing that we just do. This is, we're talking about souls, um, immortal souls going to heaven or hell. This is bottom line. You and I are part of God's army. We need to help others to see as He helps us see. So, change God you remain the holy one in my unfailing love unfailing love you are my rock the one I hold on to you are my song and I
Sure.